0: Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at thebrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro forces with you young Skywalker but you are not a Jedi yet
1: my powers have doubled since the last time we met count hey
0: suffering death I feel something terrible has happened young The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural.
2: I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back.
0: You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for
2: droids we're looking for master skywalker there are too many of them what
0: are we going to do help me obi-wan
3: kenobi do my only hope
0: hello there fear is the path to the dark side fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering Hi. I- I-
3: Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, Twi'leks, clones, both Rags and Bad Batch alike. Barking dogs in the background, and yes, all you all you as well, because this is an inclusive podcast, unlike every other podcast who like to segregate, mitigate, litigate, masturbate, masturbate. Oh, oh. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Jinx! (laughs) Welcome to another exciting edition of the new Force Order. Podcast. We're a Star Wars podcast. This is episode 120. 300 more, and someone's getting high, but not tonight. You see, tonight we're going to get high off the news that have dropped about a galaxy far, far away. I am one third of your hosts. I am a professional wrestler extraordinaire, the Greek god of professional wrestling, the current. Heavyweight champion in three different promotions At the same time A multi-time champion Over the course of the last 22 years in professional wrestling I am a Star Wars aficionado Most importantly I'm your boy Greek God Papadam A.K.A. GGP Alongside with me All the way from Mexico In the Sith Witness Protection Program Starting a new Venture called sith great opportunity real estate where you can get timeshares on Exigo. great timeshares none nobody that i know or you know is going to say no to this guy because he'll hit him with a hey yo so big guy do what you do best clap them cheeks on the twilight ass say hey hey yo and introduce yourself
0: hey yo
1: ladies and gentlemen I am the Dark Lord of the podcast, the Sithari, the Rampaging Revan Kiss, the Butcher, your boy, Dark On.
3: Oh man, that was great. It's great. And last, not least, because he's number one in your heart, but also number one in your cervix. He's the man with the Kung Fu grip. He's the medical droid, who is also an MD in
2: Thundernomics. ah I am smarter than 2-1-B, more technical than FX7, the God of Stealing Thunder, and the man who was once at a bar with Harrison Ford, but left early because he told me the first shots on him, Dr. Destroyo, Alex Arroyo. Is that a true story? Yeah, I wish.
3: <laughs> oh, that was a good one, Doc. Thank you. I need the well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the New Force Order podcast, the Star Wars podcast. And tonight we're going to dive into the most exciting news that's happening right now across the Star Wars front. I am happier than a pig in shit. I am happier than a... Well, you don't
2: look like a pig in shit, you're fine.
3: Yeah, thank you. I am happier than Alvin Alvarez and Joey Tal dancing around with a bag full of cock. Oh, That's, a lot that's of how that. happy I am, Doc.
2: That's fucking happy.
3: Because a lot of news has dropped about your boy, my boy, Boba Fett. Have you heard any of the said news that have dropped this week?
2: Uh, they were talking to, uh, what's our face over there? Um, uh, Tamora Morrison, the actual Boba Fett and all the clones where uh, where exactly uh as well um and he dropped some knowledge about a, a few things about the boba fett series about you know hinting at that it may not be one series and done um and uh we're gonna see some explanations of what had happened to him after the sarlacc pit what happened what happened, and what happened was um and what else what else they talk about now?
3: all right well Let's, let, let's take a deep dive, balls deep, into the smorgasbord of Boba Fett news that came out this week. First and foremost, Boba Fett star drops first details on the series, directors, and its future.
2: Uh, that's correct.
3: Boba Fett star Tamora Morrison has given his first details on the upcoming Disney Plus show, The Book of Boba Fett, by revealing how John Favreau's Marvel pedigree is influencing the series. The Kiwi actor who was promoting his new science fiction epic, Occupation Rainfall, went on and said, it's in the timeline of The Mandalorian. So I guess we got to go back and see. Morrison continued, we've got to look at the timeline. We got to look at where Boba has been. We got to keep the fans happy. The actor said John Favreau has come up with some magical formulas. He also said it's a duo thing. We've got Min Nong Wing in there. She's playing the master assassin, Fennec Shan. Then he goes on and he touts uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Uh, and the more directors that are going to partake in this season of Book of Boba. He says, We've got some great directors on board Robert Rodriguez, John Favreau, Your Wet Dream, Bryce Dallas Howard, mm-hmm. Dave Filoni. It's just a new world.
2: A whole new world. <laughs> a whole new
0: world. A dazzling place I never knew. But when I'm way up here, it's crystal clear. But now I'm in a whole new world with you. Now I'm in
2: a whole new world
3: with you. And it's a new, new, new world, order. They'd like to keep the Star Wars stuff under lock and key. But I think we're blessed in the way Favreau has all the Marvel experience. So we know where those storylines go. Let's see what happens. Let's put it this way, he says. You're going to love it. And then finally, uh, the Mandalorian actor, Brendan Wayne, who plays the Mando as a stuntman when Pedro Pascal isn't needed. He told Rodriguez, that's uh, the director, Robert Rodriguez. Your Boba Fett identity, uh, that is so clear. It's so separate from Mando's identity. And it's beautiful what you did. Well, according to Rodriguez, who Wayne quoted, Boba Fett can be summed up as a killer with no filler. (laughs) Wayne also conveyed that the book of Boba Fett series will reflect Boba's true nature, not Mando's, in saying, and I quote, I think that's where we... That's what we as an audience are going to get from the Book of Boba Fett, a lot more of that kind of feel. He gets even grittier than Mando did. I feel like he doesn't have the choice because he really was a different kind of character. So with all this fluff, Doc, all I can say is uh, gush, 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 gush all over your face, neck and chest and everyone
2: out there. Holy thousand cow. percent. I mean that's a lot of good stuff that popped out from over there, the whole Filoni Favreau thing potentially directing for us. Uh, I mean, what what more do you want of this? It's I'm pumped for this. I was pumped for this when we we had seen the, um, you know, the outtakes for that, uh, that extra scene at the end. There's nothing else that I'm looking forward to in Christmas than this. Well, or is we're it coming in out in, in in is it coming out in Christmas or is, yeah yeah Christmas for, yeah, yeah December.
3: But look, we're coming. We're coming on to the seventh month of the year. And all we got right now, we don't have a trailer. We have a list of directors that we knew already were partaking in this venture because we figured they're going to use the same formula and the same people they used in Mando, right? Yep. Because they did a great job, right? Yep. But here's the kicker. Usually we get fluff pieces and we're like, these people have not said anything about anything regarding this show. No plot details, nothing. The only thing tomorrow said that we're going to find out where Boba was since Empire, Yep. which I'm taking a guess he meant Return of the Jedi, but whatever. Yes. But that was common knowledge. We didn't have to go to college to figure that one out. We kind of realized they're going to talk about the Sarlacc pit because that's what we want to know. Yep. But more importantly, bro, they dropped one word: grittier. And all I can think of, is <laughs> fucking Western. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Clint Eastwood grittiness, Robert Rodriguez Death Watch. Uh, you know, slasher. What's that film that he made? Was it Death Proof or Death Watch? Yeah,
2: yeah, it was one of those with 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 Tarantino bullshit that they, uh, the the uh, the Grindhouse movies.
3: Yeah, dude, that's what I'm envisioning. You know, we could be way off, but regardless of what's going on, they just dropped a couple of buzzwords and I'm ecstatic. I can't wait. I can't wait till this thing drops. I can't wait for a trailer. To be honest, you, I don't even want to watch the trailer. I don't want to see any TV spots. I want to go in this so cold that I'll be blown away.
2: Yeah, I know I know that your MO is not watching the trailers, but I'm just I'm a, I'm a fucking trailer whore when it comes to that. I gotta see everything. Just a trailer whore? Just the trailer. That's it. A trailer parkour. Um gr- gritty is the key for me with this. And if Rodriguez is allowed to do what he does, man, this is gonna be what we've been waiting 30 plus years for.
3: Do you think this is gonna steal a thunder like you steal my thunder?
2: Do you think it's gonna steal Mando's thunder? Yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't care if it does. Because if it does, it just it just makes the Mando that much better for bringing him back into the limelight.
3: Do you think it's going to be Mando 2.5?
2: Yes. They talked like about how that Camp, before.
3: How like, Captain America Civil War was like Avengers 2.5?
2: Yeah. They talked about, about that <laughs> before. And and I think it's a, it's smart if they do that. They build upon what they have. I mean, they're already using characters that are established from the Mandalorian. It makes sense that this is going to be 2.5 to me. And I have no problem with that.
3: Well, we do know Robert Rodriguez, and Robert Rodriguez has a great vision when it comes to directing. Would you agree? Of course,
2: 100%. Speaking of visions. Thank you. I figured I'd have to whip out my Johnson to get to There the was top. a show called WandaVision that just, no. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars announces what this this mysterious Star Wars vision show was going to be about. Um, and I think that there are some people who are intrigued, and there are some people who are not so intrigued. Based, what about on this you? Concept? Uh, I actually am very intrigued. Um, really? I've been a fan. So, if you guys you know didn't hear, living under a rock and are not following Star Wars, besides us,
3: which I did do? it for the rock. I did it
1: for the rock. I did it for the people. I did it! I did, uh, shut your mouth, your thong-wearing fatty. I appreciate I
2: did it for the rock. Um, exactly. It could be a Rikishi on this one over here. Um, what are you painting. I am painting the Great Muta tonight. That's what I thought. That's yeah, so baby. Nice. All right. Um. So the uh, the Vision series is going to be I it ten or thirteen episodes. Nine. Nine episodes, close. My favorite number. Um, and it's going to be. Oh wait, no, ten.
3: Wait, one, two, three. Four. Four, five, six, seven,
2: eight, no, nine, nine. So it's going to be um, Japanese animation um, reinterpreting or telling the story of some of the the, the saga or either old portions of it or, or new portions of it. Um, basically, they gave these famous Japanese animators carte blanche to kind of do what they wanted to do with whatever they wanted to do it in Japanese anim- anime style. Uh, and will bring whatever they you know their vision is a vision of who knows what we've got some some of the episode breakdowns um which i'm sure you're going to read in a second but i am very intrigued with this because i you know i feel that every time a property turns japanese i think i'm turning japanese i really think so it it gives it a little different flavor and a spin it may not be canonical canonical but it's still still real to me damn it um and it just gives you a different flavor of cool things i mean i know you probably saw uh three or four years ago um somebody did like this tie fighter Japanese animation that was super reminiscent of like the Voltron stuff that we we you know we, we grew up as a kids, and it was just it was it was like a five or seven minutes something like that, and it was great, super quick, super fast. This like little kind of scene from um you know Tie Fighter pilot, pilot perspective, it was awesome. So, and I want them more of that. And if they do more of that in this Visions in this in nine issues in the nine episodes of Visions, I will be very very happy.
3: Okay. To be honest with you, I had high hopes for this. I could be wrong. But after watching the uh, the hype video, I was meh. I was like blah. The fact that they're trying to sell this with the hard sell about Lucas taking his influence from Kurosawa and his films, which is true, but then try to tie it back into Japanese anime. Um, you know what? I don't I don't feel it. I mean, I saw some of the stuff. Some of the stuff looked okay. Some of the stuff just looked corny. Um, I think that uh, the Tiger Fighter thing that we saw was great because it was all Star Wars. Yeah. Just done in Japanese style animation. So it wasn't like Hello Kitty with the lightsaber. It was a TIE fighter pilot in a dogfight with X-Wings, but it's drawn like Voltron.
2: I don't think like, they're doing Hello Kitty stuff, though. I mean, I, it's, I don't think it's going to be that crazy. They may have you know, one or two cutesy ones here and there. But as long as it makes sense, that it, you know, it, it, you know, sorry, that's my rule. It makes sense. It's, it, I'm, I'm okay with it. Okay, okay. Well, look, if, if, if we I'll get go- half of those episodes that are really kick-ass, I'm happy about it. I'm going to go in with optimism.
3: But right now, I'm going to say it's going to suck. That's just me. Okay. And I hope I'm wrong. I really I really do hope I'm wrong. But let's let's go down to this article. They have a good breakdown here. It says, Japan Japan gets its chance at Star Wars with anime anthology. Japanese culture was an original influence on Star Wars. Now anime creators get to own it. This weekend, Disney announced Star Wars Visions, an anime anthology of original sorts. Seven anime studios are putting their unique spin, which I don't like, their unique spin, on the world of Star Wars, a first for the franchise. Yet it feels like Star Wars has finally come full circle. Japanese animation inspired a lot of these people at Lucasfilm over the years, says executive James Waugh. We loved the idea of seeing Star Wars expressed in that way. The studios, W-A-U-G-H, Waugh, Waugh, whatever, Woof. Uh, The studios include Kamikaze Duga, Geno Studio Twin Engine in parentheses, Studio Colorido, Twin Engine, in parentheses, whatever that means, Trigger, Kinema Citrus, Science Cidru, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, Science Saru, and Production IG. The series will drop on September 22nd. So here are the nine episodes. Kamikaze Duga is doing an episode called The Duo. The duo. G- Gino Studio, uh, is doing um, Lop and ouch or Ock, Och O C H. I don't
2: know how you pronounce that. Lop and, Ock, probably Lop and a, Och, probably a cutesy one or something, right? Uh,
3: Studio Colorido is doing Colorido. Uh, sounds like a like a luchador. Uh, is doing Tatooine Rhapsody. Trigger is doing an episode called The Twins. They're also doing an episode called The Elder. Kinema or Kinema. Citrus is doing The Village Bride. You know Science Saru is doing Akakiri. K-I-R-I. Science Saru, again, is doing T-0-B-1, which is probably a droid tale. And Projection IG is doing something called The Ninth Jedi, which sounds cool. But, again, I you saw some y- of this... Y- You've never been to Japan because, god damn, you're a fucking gaijin. I am a gaijin, but you know what, dude? Like, for me... I love Japanese animation. Like, remember that poster that I showed you of the of uh, Akira with Boba Fett? That was cool, right? That mashup. I just hope they just keep true to the nature. Like, I saw two people fighting with a red and green katana. It wasn't a lightsaber, but it was a katana sword with a red blade and a green blade. Uh, it's like, really, you know what I'm saying? That's not really Star Wars, but I don't know. I could be wrong. You
2: gotta gimmick
3: it up, you know. I mean, I, I'm gonna go in it with an open mind, but I have, I don't have high hopes. Understand,
2: you know, I have just seen this. You know, is this, this, this is definitely not what we were expecting, though.
3: No, definitely not. I actually was expecting something totally different. I guess that's why, uh, you know, we are what we are, as far as my opinion goes and your opinion goes. Um, I love the lightsabers. I mean, that's what dreams are made of. Um, Did you know lightsabers share vibranium's most important power?
2: Um, It's mined by a black guy?
3: Oh no. He wears a black suit. In the latest issue of Star Wars 13, they say that the lightsaber is very similar to vibranium. Vibranium being the metal from Wakanda. Wakanda? The Black Panther Panther movies. uh, Second strongest metal in the Marvel comic universe behind Adamantium. Um... And in the article, they said Wolverine's claws were made out of vibranium, which, are, yeah. which is wrong. Incorrect. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, the lightsaber, like vibranium, can absorb kinetic energy. Apparently, lightsabers can absorb blasts, similar to vibranium as seen in the Marvel Universe. Vader used his saber to absorb a shot from the Millennium Falcon. In this, in this issue 13 of Star Wars 13 or Vader 13, whatever it was. What do you think?
2: That's a, a hell of a shot. I mean, I think that probably has to do with the lightsaber, but it also has to probably to do with the force user behind that, because that's the person who's holding the lightsaber. So uh, it can't be just, you know, from the saber itself. But um, so, so if Jar Jar Binks was holding a saber, it wouldn't work? Doubtful. But you know, we we do know Jar Jar is the uh, is the secret Sith. So maybe maybe it would. Um, but I think a lot has to do with 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 the user as well as the. Uh, as well as the saber itself. So, gotcha.
3: Well, I guess, look, when it comes to Star Wars lore, it's always changing. It's always evolving. Uh, we've seen Yoda in Episode Two absorb lightning from Count Dooku, with
2: and saber, yeah,
3: with the saber. We know with his hand, and then throw it back at him. Remember, he catches it with his fist, mm. and he goes, "Much you have to learn, or still much you have to learn." You know, and then uh, whatever he hits, the, I think he hits the famous line about bat- our contest can be battled by uh, our skills with a lightsaber or whatever Dooku says. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
2: I want to read an article to you.
3: Jim uh, Lando was nearly a clone.
2: Yeah, uh, interesting article. This this popped up here. Uh, one of the initial drafts of Empire Strikes Back. Had some very odd things inside of there. Uh, one being that um, Lando was gonna is gonna be his family was originated from clones or something. And he had a, you know, it wasn't Lobot who was with him, it was some chick who was with him as well. And there were some other weird things that happened in this article. Her name was Hobot. Hobot ho- <laughs> uh, <laughs> you. That was a good one. Thank um, you. Um yeah, again, read it. Go. All right. This is from
3: CBR.com. I, I'm, it's real quick, it was an interesting article. Following the success of 1977 Star Wars, uh, work began a year later on the next film, tentatively called Star Wars sequel. Leia Brackett penned uh, penned the first draft of the film, which introduced familiar characters and ideas such as Luke's sister, Yoda, and Lando Calrissian. However, there were fundamental differences between the draft and the finished product, such as Luke's sister not being Leia, Yoda's name being Minch, and Lando Calrissian being a clone. In The Empire Strikes Back, Lando is an ex-smuggler and a gambler who managed to become mayor of Cloud City, going from betrayer to an ally of Han and the Rebel Alliance. Before becoming the character that fans were introduced to, Lando's characterization and setting went through many changes, aside from his clone, Oranges. In the draft, Han builds up his character and explains to Leia where Lando came from, starting that we used to be friends years ago. I think his family... Were refugees from the Clone Wars. Anyway, who's kicking around and we flew some, well, trips together, unquote. The implication that Lando is a smuggler like Han isn't lost on Leia. The suspicion is a factor that survives the first draft to theatrical release. Instead of arriving in Cloud City of Bespin, the draft calls it Orbital City of Hoth. Instead, Hoth later becomes the location of the Rebel Snow Base at the beginning of the film. Like an empire, the Millennium Falcon lands. Lando greets the crew, but instead of being called Calrissian, the screenplay names him Baron Lando Kadar and compares him to Italian actor Rudolf Valentino. Somehow, I can see Mike Verner playing that role. <laughs> Another change from the script to the screen is Lando's close friend and associate Lobot. Instead of Lobot helping Lando become a uh, welcome his guest, a woman named Ethenia Eretith accompanies Lando. Following this, the dismantling of C-3PO, Leia grows suspicious of Lando's intentions and origins, even asking Han if he's a clone, to which he replies, I don't know. He never told me. I never thought about it. What is all this anyway? On their way to dinner, Lando finally admits his true origins, explaining, yes, I am a clone of the Ashardi family. My great-grandfather wanted many sons, and he produced them from the cells of his own body. But since the wars... There are not many of us left, and we try not to attract attention. The scene runs similarly to the film, but with much more dialogue between the characters. However, another scene that makes it from the first draft is the dinner betrayal, which occurs right after Lando admits his clone, Origins. Sadly, just a month after completing the first draft of Empire Strikes Back, Brackett passed away from cancer. George Lucas uh, later, took on two drafts of the movie and effectively effectively abandoned Lando's backstory. Following Lucas's draft, Lauren Lawrence Kasdan later joined as a writer and helped sculpt the final version of what becomes the theatrical release. Thank while God. not of all, <laughs> while not all of Brackett's ideas made it to the movie, some of the film's best scenes did, such as Lando's betrayal with Darth Vader at the dinner table. While Lando's clone family storyline was abandoned, the idea stayed on even past the prequel trilogy. With the defective clone trooper, Cut Laquan from Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Much like Lando Kondar, he went on to live his own life and become an individual in the galaxy. And it with phases that look like his. In a strategy akin to Lando's, he chooses to lay low from the Republic and later the Empire. Thanks to Cut, Brackett's ideas of a clone creating their own life so the lights decades after her death. So I thought it was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's uh it's an interesting thing to hear how this would have turned out if it didn't turn out the way it did. I'm kind of glad it turned out the way it did because it's kind of odd. Um, maybe it's odd because it's not what we're used to and it's not what we grew up on and you know all that jazz from there. But, um, you know, if I had to call Yoda Munch, I, that would Munch, Munch, Munch. What the fuck is name? That would have been a little bit strange. I think I don't know. Um, but, uh, and this would also had kind of implications for, you know, the prequels as well. If they would have made Lando a clone and explained things from there, they would have had, you know, some other explaining to do as well. Um, so I'm kind of glad it, it, it went the way it did and not the way, um, uh, they, they just explained. that That would have been kind of strange
3: yeah i agree so you're telling me the theatrical release of empire choice bag is more over with you i knew you were gonna say that just now
2: by the way i know you did because i was i'm painting something very very delicate right now and speaking of over what are you painting your balls no (laughs) those are those are very delicate
3: (laughs) ladies and gentlemen we do a segment on the show called who's more over no now calm down i know what you're saying that statement isn't grammatically correct and you are correct it's Wrestling, correct. And over is wrestling lingo, meaning popular. What we do is we compare two aspects of, of uh, Star Wars. And it could be a person. It could be a place. It could be a thing. doesn't matter. We see what's more popular or, quote, unquote, over with you, the fans. But most importantly, what's more over with us. So, Doc, what's on the marquee
2: tonight? This evening. We, um, we throw some new characters into the Star Wars universe against each other. We're doing a little Bad Batch Rama over here. It's gonna be the leader bad. of the Bad Batch. Batch, 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 The leader of the Bad Batch, uh, Hunter.
0: Sergeant, good to see you again. You too, sir. This is Hunter.
2: Sorry, we're late, Commander. Rags. He's talking about regular clients. I don't take it personal i'll get him whoa whoa, whoa.
0: easy captain record get him out get back everyone find cover we'll hold this position and let them come to us i don't think so captain that's not our style
2: versus the traitor of the bad batch crosshair
0: but i wouldn't tell you if i did
2: (laughs) Do any of you have information you'd like to share?
0: We don't know anything. We were promised transport off-world, that's all. Then you're of no use to the Empire. What are you doing? Guerrera's fighters are dead. These are civilians. We should bring them in. Those weren't our orders. Forget our orders! This is wrong. So you're not going to comply? No. None of us are. Ignore the clone. We signed up to be soldiers, not an execution squad. We're
2: going to detain the prisoners and take them in for questioning. You want to know why they put me in charge?
0: It's because I'm willing to do what needs to be done.
2: Good soldiers follow orders. Finish the mission. What do the polls say? What do the polls say? Let's go to the polls, my friend. Okay, here we go. Roll through Facebook. All right. Here Smoke we go. welcome the if, polls. You got him. Smoke him if you got them. Smoke if you got them. Here we go in the polls. Oh, the polls. A dead heat. Actually, no, I'm lying. 100%. percent zero Zero percent. Hunter over Crosshair. Let's go to Instagram. If something tells me. The uh polls shall be different. Not that they checked or anything. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Ooh, 25%, 75% Hunter, moreover. Wow. Hunter over
3: strong. Strong. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys can send us an email regarding this segment, especially tonight. You want to talk about it next week? We will or next week topic, whatever it may be, and who's moreover, or anything else that we do from a certain point of view. Tatooine, uh, you have a list you want us to analyze. You guys want to tell us how awesome we are, how much we suck, whatever. Send us an email, newforceorder at yahoo.com. So uh, we're going to go down this path. Let's see. Our first email comes from Justin Moxley. Man, dude, it's a hard pick. Crosshair was my favorite in the Clone Wars. But now it's Hunter. When they were just killing machines, Crosshair was no nonsense, I'll fuck your ass up type of guy, and I loved it. Now we get to see their personalities. Crosshair is an asshole, but he's still a <laughs> badass. But Hunter <laughs> but Hunter has won me over. That will probably change once they get Chip out of Crosshair. All right. And then we have Todd Santiago. Chuchi. Get the AO, Chuchi. Who's more over? Mm-hmm. GGP, that's who. LOL. Seriously, Hunter is in my book. He's a point man and a badass. Crosshair is executing Order 66 and doesn't even look or feel how he used to. Love you, Spiro. In parentheses, he knows. Hashtag Puerto Rican man. Love. Oh,
2: man. Everybody got a shout out on that one, but, but but Doc, thanks, GGP. Hold on, hold on. We saved the best for last.
3: And Doc. Try not to steal all of GGP's thunder unless his championships go missing. LOL. Shout out to the other five of us fans. Brandon, Hans, Hang, Dusty, NFO for life. Uh, nice. So it looks looks like Charlie Sheen's over, bro. Not if you ask Corey Haim, but what do you think?
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want to so, go first? I'll go first. Go first. Um so all my life. All my all my life. I've been a very big fan of the the characters that are the loners, um, especially the characters that are the sharpshooters. One of my favorite characters in G.I. Joe was a guy named Lowlight. I don't know if you recall Lowlight Papa Don. I do. But he was the 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 Joe team sharpshooter. He wore all kind of gray and black. He had a little skull cap on. He had the red glasses and he came with this awesome fucking insane sniper rifle that was like twice his size and you had the, the, the stand on it too yeah, right you had to stand on the end of it because you know when you lie down to take the shot you had that you had to have it sitting up because it's too heavy to hold one of my favorite figures of all time um was low light. and uh you know i carried that into my life and when i used to do a little bit of shooting here and there i prefer the sniper rifle over anything else because it just It's just a calm that washes over you when you're holding a rifle that has a scope on it. You could sit back and, you know, take that shot. So I, when the Bash came out, was a pretty big fan of, uh, of Crosshairs. Um, he was like, you know, like Chuchi said, or Brandon said, he was the cool, the calm, the collected one. He was always a kind of like just this little badass that didn't give a shit that wasn't... um wasn't uh, you know didn't care about anybody else's opinion or attitude or anything, and he was a sniper, which was great, and he always made that fucking shot, which also was great. Spiro would say, um, so much to my chagrin when we start the bad batch off, who do they turn? Who do they make the heel of the show? They make Crosshair the heel of the show. Now initially I was kind of pissed, but then I was like, oh, this is kind of cool because they took like the badass, quiet you know, lone wolf of the group and they made him the villain, which gave him more gravitas and more depth for him. Hunter is definitely cool. He is, like you said, the prototypical Charlie Sheen. He's the leader of the team. He's overall look, I think he, you know, if the ladies are gonna pick anybody to like, you know, to throw it down when well, it's probably gonna be a Hunter. He's got that, you know, skull. I don't know if it's a tattoo or if it's his face face paint. I think it's a tattoo at this point because he never washes it off. Um but we're seeing the softer side of Hunter when it comes to Omega, which for me, is kind of pushing me in the direction of picking crosshair this week for moreover. Interesting.
3: This was a hard decision for me to make. Um, I like both characters. But I'm going to go crosshair. Only because I'm tired of the fucking goody two-shoes leader that's all clean-cut but because of the wrench that's thrown into the equations, you get to humanize them. I've seen it done before. And we have seen the.
2: We saw it done before fucking 10 minutes ago, Mandalorian.
3: And we, and we have seen like the, the soldier who is no nonsense and has to follow the rules, whatever, regardless, doesn't have a conscience or any, uh, uh, what's it called, empathy for anybody. But I kind of like the way that they do across here. And then he has that cool tagline, "Good soldiers follow orders," which is very haunting, you know, when it's were said over and over and over again. And plus he chews on the toothpick, like a razor Ramon That's Scott right, baby. so it's badass. Um, and being one of the guys that I you know, well being one of one of these guys I always chew on a toothpick as well, I was like, ah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so I'm gonna go across here. I like him better. I think uh when he does turn babyface again. Everyone will be happy. The crowd will go wild. Pandemonium from those hanging from the rafters will occur. Yada, yada, yada. So that's what I'm going to pick.
2: Maybe he'll die. Could you imagine? That would be awesome.
3: They're all going to die, bro. I'm telling you. Vader's going to come in for the hot tag and take them all out.
2: This
1: fucking dog
3: needs to shut up.
2: There goes Apollo.
3: Spiro, what do you think? What's more for you? Hunter or Crosshair?
1: Yo, I absolutely love the bat batch uh the characters the cast of characters i think they're fucking great they're awesome um they're just as great as any as most supportive and uh even s- some of the iconic characters um the show i, I think it's eh, it's up and down depending on the week but for the most part it's it's fucking star wars it feels like star wars anyways who's more over crosshairs the the deadly clone sniper that turned benedict arnold or hunter aka john rambo um i really like crosshairs i think there's so much that they could do with him the problem is they haven't featured him enough man to i mean he is supposed to be if i'm not mistaken at least that's what they've made him out to be is the the big bad the the fucking threat the main threat to these guys yeah the empire wants them dead but but he's the one that keeps on coming back you know the problem is he hasn't been featured enough he his his presence hasn't been made felt strong enough you know for him to really seem that way but he's obviously the big bad of this season unless they're gonna pull some weird shit on us and somebody else is revealed um you know, that's a, a bigger threat. I mean, of course, there is a bigger threat. But anyways, man, cut out that whole stupid shit about, you know, they pull something and there's a bigger threat. Um, I'm going to go with fucking Hunter, man. Um, You know, we've seen a few layers to him. He's a great leader, a great tactician, a great soldier. He's, you know... He's also sort of a big brother slash father figure to Omega, who's, uh, uh you know, another clone. Um, there's something sp- special about her. I- obviously, uh, I can't wait to find out what that is. You see this who's more over for me has, has turned out to be who's more over, but also sort of my review of the fucking show. Anyways. I'm gonna go with uh Hunter this week for for who's moreover I think that we're getting a lot of more of him I think that we that we're getting to know him more they're showing us a lot more of his uh of his character growth you know as opposed to uh crosshairs who should be featured more often I think
3: well coming from the military guy, that was no
2: surprise was it though but was it?
1: Nah,
3: I, I knew he was going to pick what he picked. So, talk about no surprises. Patty Jenkins. He's directing a film called Rogue Squadron. You know this. I know this. Spiro may know this, even though he didn't read the article. Um, But does they decided... He ever, does he ever? No. Nah. Uh, Patty Jenkins did an, an interview, and wow. she says... Apollo, shut up. That's what she says. Um, ooh, let the
2: dogs out. Ooh, ooh, ooh,
3: ooh. Hey, bark! He barked on cue. Look at that. Um, so PJ, Patty Jenkins says, I've been on this six months before I even announced that she was going to take part at directing it. She said, uh, so we're pretty, we're, we are pretty deep into it. We're finishing the script, crewing up, and it's Between over. you and
2: me, this is all sound sexual already. I've been on this six months before anybody knew about it. We're pretty deep into it. Jesus, Patty Jenkins, relax yourself. Right?
3: Hold on, this dog won't shut up. Why don't you take over, Doc? Because I'm getting annoyed with this dog. I got to go turn
2: him into Chinese food. Hold on. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Patty Jenkins shows up, and she starts talking about... Uh, uh, this movie, how they're deep into it already, that they've already got a script partially banged into the, into the, um, into the stratosphere. Exactly. Script partially banged into stratosphere. She's excited about doing it and making this greatest dogfight, you know, movie ever. And they're taking some elements of the video games and the comics and they're kind of going to intertwine it over here and there and everywhere. And I got news for you. I'm really not that excited. Nice. <laughs> She says that
3: we, she says they're a year into it already, and that the DC universe mostly didn't require her Wonder Woman movies to deal with a lot of excess continuity. But Star Wars works Con- very c- continuity, different. continuity, right? I'm glad you picked up on that. But Star Wars works very differently while still allowing her creative control she wants. She says it's an entirely different way of working. I'm on the phone with all of them, and doing Zoom meetings with everybody involved in Star Wars all the time. I'm fairly free to do the story that we want to do, but you really need to know who's done what, who's doing what, and where it goes and how it works. This does sound sexual, Doc. Good pickup. Mm -hmm. And what designs have been done before? It's a whole other way of working that I'm getting up to speed on. She doesn't know how to work. Who's she ever beat? It sounds as though Lucasfilm just wants to be really thorough in preserving the timeline and a lack of redundancy across its multiple projects. Previous spin-off directors like Josh Trank and Phil Lord and Chris Miller couldn't handle the process to Lucasfilm's satisfaction. But since The Mandalorian, the company seems to have become more inviting for a wide variety of talent, a.k.a. Johnny Favs and Dave Filoni yep. know what the fuck they're doing anyway. So that's that about Rogue Squadron. Um, I know you're not excited about it, but at least this article shows that they're not giving her her carte blanche to do whatever she wants. And she has to stay and color within the lines. Yeah, they should. So, I mean,
2: that, 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 that should be part of it. I mean, we, we, we saw what happened when, when people decide to go rogue and try to do. What ah, they want. Ah, 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 I, I didn't even make that a funny one. That, that was uh, good though.
3: I was gonna hit you with the all Joker laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: great. But uh, you know, we've seen what happened when, when when that when that goes down, aka Ryan Johnson. Um, but uh, I think she should be on a short lease, especially after that Wonder Woman fiasco. Spiro, what do you think about Ryan Johnson?
1: Fuck Kathleen Kennedy. Fuck Ryan Johnson. Neither of them should ever be involved with Star Wars ever again. And if that happens, I'm going to march my ass right up to the front doors of Disney. I'm going to kick down the doors and I'm going to lay it smack of down on both the candy asses. And then
3: it fucking gets old. No. <laughs> Oh God! Unlike Spiro's attendance on the show, that's gotten old. Fucking guy, he's not here. Too busy fucking trying to clone everybody on Exegol Um, Doc, do you have
2: a honey do list? And of I'm not talking about sexual positions. <laughs> oh, look, then no. Yeah, of course I have a honey do list. Who doesn't do like- have a honey do? Married, you have to have one. Do you ha- do you like the lists? Uh, it depends what comes at the end of those lists. Uh, usually who comes first um, well she <laughs> she comes like six times so it doesn't really yeah. and then you walk <laughs> in the room oh. <laughs> and then my our boyfriend leaves <laughs> Wow, wow, we, wow. <laughs> what?
3: guess what doc you, me, Spiro all six of our fans
2: we just made the list you just made the
3: list ladies and gentlemen we have a segment that's called we just made the list which means that we analyze lists about Star Wars that follow up Somehow end up on the interweb. So let's deep dive into this real quick. Uh, 10 ways Obi-Wan is the real Star Wars hero rather than Luke. How dare you? Let's see. Number 10. He was more brainy than brawny. Luke was a great hero. But one of his problems was that he rushed in too much. Even after learning that sort of thing was de- detrimental at best. Obi-Wan was impulsive as a Padawan, but matured quickly and made a huge difference, especially during the Clone Wars. All right. Well, look, the apple don't fall far from the tree. Anakin was someone who used to rush into things. So, of course, it's embedded in his DNA. Luke would be the same way. Would you concur?
2: Of course. A hundred percent.
3: Um... Obi Wan was an accomplished military commander. Okay. He was a fully trained Jedi. Uh, number seven, he won some harrowing battles with powerful Darksiders.
2: True, true.
3: Number six, his lightsaber mastery allowed him to save countless lives. Well, I guess blowing up a Death Star doesn't fucking constitute for anything, then, huh?
2: It's all good.
3: His experience in the wider galaxy made him capable of getting things done. Number four, he tried to end conflicts without violence as much as possible. How uncivilized? Uh, the end of The Last Jedi. Hello, anyone?
2: Yeah, that was uh, a conflict. Mm.
3: He saved millions and millions of lives during the Clone Wars. Okay?
2: No, he, g-
3: <laughs> he gave up on his life to watch over Luke, he sacrifices his life to save the day. Ah, this is all horseshit.
2: Oh, ne- I, I get, it. I understand. You know, they're they're trying to you know show that ha- how much of a hero he was, and maybe he was better than Luke. But yeah, this is the Luke Skywalker show, everybody.
3: Look, every point they made, we can constitute a valid point for Luke as well. Of course, and like you said, Luke Skywalker is the face that runs the place. I'm thinking these people at CBR.com who decided to do this list just did it because Kenobi series are on the corner and they wanted to get clicks. Of course.
2: Everybody wants to get these fucking clicks. That's all it is. My list. Seven things that the 1977 Star Wars movie borrowed from Akira Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress, which, if you don't know, Star Wars is based upon. Okay. This is a good article, by the way. Number seven, told through the eyes of two lowly peasants. So Kurosawa tells the far-reaching epic tale of the hidden fortress through the eyes of two lowly peasants, Tahi and Matachti, which, uh, you know, C-3PO and R2-D2 are the focus of Star Wars. Um, and they're kind of the 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 analog of those two guys who are the, uh, the peasants. Um, number six, it opens with a battle. Uh, the beginning, we see that the Dotantive 4 is getting attacked by the uh, Star Destroyer. The beginning of Hidden, Hidden Fortress, the two peasants, Tahi and Matachi, escape from a similar battle during a big adventure. Uh, number five, they have a battle hardened <laughs> samurai general in Obi Wan Kenobi. And then in the Kurosawa mm-hmm. movie, it's a Makabe Rokotoroto. Um, Played by Toshiro Mifune, played by Taka Michinoku, uh, by Funaki, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kai and Tai, Kai and Tai. Uh, so that was uh one of the one of the crossovers. Um, number four, the wipe transition. So we know we we've seen the wipe transitions in Star Wars, where the scene just kind of slides over, and they also got that from. Um, uh kira the was the you know fortress.
3: what i thought he got the wipe
2: transition from the, uh george stole that from his favorite whorehouse but that was a story oh, for that's a, that's a different transition uh there's a rebellion led by a princess we know who our star wars princess is and in hidden fortress it's princess yuki played by misa o'hara i think that's a disease misa Uhara. so when your urethra is uh, inflamed um and one, i
3: heard your nickname was misa horny
2: yeah misa horny and one scene the hidden fortress a slave girl acts as a decoy for the princess and the princess takes the slave girl's place Ooh, that was very phantom Menace there. uh number two the imperial crest and this was the one of the more interesting ones that i saw if you look at the villains in the hidden fortress uh, the uh, yamana clan not a uh, uh your buddy um uh, stevie richards who's uh not Yamana, but Yohana, yeah, 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 the Michael Mana, Michael Mana. Uh, they're essential to the Kurosawa's version of the Galactic Empire. Um, their logo is very reminiscent of the Imperial logo that George, uh, you know, drew up for the uh, the Star Wars movie. And, number one, the General has a rematch with his old nemesis. So we know that's Ben Kenobi and Darth Vader. And a Hidden Fortress, uh the general Rokarato infiltrates the Yamana clans and has a duel with his own rival. Hayo Tadakoro. No Hayo Solar? Hayo. So no, <laughs> that's how that's how they, they are similar. Very cool. That was a good list. Agreed.
3: Star Wars, 10 best characters in Return of the Jedi. Let's see. Luke Skywalker. Number
2: Luke 10 Skywalker. Number 10 Luke Skywalker. Lando.
3: Calrazin. Number 10, really?
2: Yeah.
3: Number 9. What did he really do in that movie? R2-D2-C3PO. He blew up the fucking Death Star. <laughs> I know. Number 8, Jabba the Hutt. Really? Number 7, General Akbar.
2: It's a trap. It's Admiral Akbar.
3: Oh, it says General here. Number 6, the Ewoks. Number 5, Han Solo. Number 4, the Emperor. Number 3, Leia... Number two, Vader, and number one, Luke Skywalker. Ah, whatever.
2: No surprise there, right? All
3: right, last one, Doc. I'll leave it for you.
2: About me and Nub. We don't like the guy. Which which list am I doing the last one over here?
3: Every Snoke Origin Clue in Star Wars stories after the Rise of
2: Skywalker. Here we go. It's a crappy list, but whatever. Okay, so as Papa Don just said, every Snoke Origin Clue in Star Wars stories after the rise of skywalker after 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 um here we go star wars the bad batch teases the recreation of snoke so we had seen during the um the, the scene where uh, M- Miga is inside the the cloning Tick. the the cloning <laughs> gives you that gives you lyme disease in the cloning facility echo um, tick tick echo hunter 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 uh, in the cloning facility, he you know comes across these cloning cloning vats that look like they potentially have a a Snooki in there, the Snoke. The Empire pursued cloning in the dark times, so this is in the times of uh, the initial Darth Vader book that Marvel did a couple of years ago, um, and they had that doctor. What was his name? Doctor uh, Silo. Uh, Silo. Yes, he was also dealing with those uh, the, you know the cloning stuff that was happening there. Um, the severed hand of Luke Skywalker may point to smoke Snoke's creation. We saw that recently in Darth Vader 11, um, after the Empire Strikes Back, they had the hand and they were hinting that Snoke was cloned potentially from that. And we also saw on the, in the Imperial cloning experiments in the Mandalorian, when they were inside that facility as well, we saw it would look like a bunch of snizokes over there. Um, and Star Wars reveals the reason Palpatine needs a Snoke, Snoke, Snoke as a proxy. Um, so the Star Wars book provides an answer, revealing that cloning process that allowed Palpatine to rise from the dead was far from perfected. Uh, Darth Sidious' cloned body rapidly deteriorates, trapping Palpatine and Exegol in his frail form and is unable to leave. And basically, because the clones are one step removed from the natural life process itself, they are much more vulnerable to the effects of the dark side and age at an extremely accelerated rate. This explains why the Emperor had so many snow clones because he would have periodically had to replace the Supreme leader. That's it. That's our Uh, list. Well, exactly.
3: Shitty list week guys. Sorry. They they definitely know how to fuck shit up. That's for sure.
2: You know what I mean? Uh, And speaking of fucking shit up. (laughs) Anything else you want to add? I think that's it. This week was an extremely, extremely unbusy week for uh, Star Wars. Nothing fantastic. A lot of clickbait bullshit. Well, let's blow
3: this thing and go home. That's what she where, said. Where, we, where can they find you at?
2: You can find me at Dr. Dr. Underscore Destroyo. D-E-S-T. R-O-Y-O. Instagram. Alex M-D. Twitter. Alex On Facebook.
3: Go find me at Greek Alpapadon. On Twitter. Instagram. Demetrius Papadon. On Facebook. Pro Wrestling T slash Greek God is a pro wrestling T store. Go buy some T shirts. Uh, Greek God Papadon is the YouTube page. Go like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, comment on all my promos and wrestling matches. Uh, Spiro, where can they find you at? I know it's been great. but Where they can find you at?
1: Yeah, man, it's been great. But you can also find me uh, on Instagram, Spiro underscore A, Darth underscore Spiriton, and that's it, guys. That was great, sir. Was that great, doc? It was great.
3: So uh, collectively, you can find all three of us together at NFO underscore podcast on Twitter. New Force Order on Instagram. Official New Force Order on Facebook. New Force Order at Yahoo.com is the email address. Send us an email. Chat. Let's uh, intertwine with one another. Let's intermingle. Uh, But regardless of all that, thank you for your time. Hopefully we enlightened you. We entertained you. and. We did what we always do, and that's get Star Wars more over with you, the fans. And never, ever, ever get ourselves over on the expense of Star Wars. This has been another exciting edition of the New Force Order.
2: For life. It's been great. It's been so, so great. And so sweet. 25 years of NWO
3: today, baby. That's right, baby. Greatest wrestling storyline of all time. Henceforth,
0: you shall be known
3: as the New Force Order.